Hey guys, I'm so excited to introduce today's episode of the Spiritual Evolution Podcast. My name is Andrea, I'm your host, and I'm super, super um, honored to have had this amazing conversation uh, with Tony Jones. She is an affirmation um, music artist and uh, she just does incredible work. She uh, used to be a life coach, and that is how she got into affirmation music. So we get into a lot of that and a lot of different really important um, topics that need to be talked about. So uh, without further ado, here is my conversation with Tony Jones. So hello, I'm so honored to be able to talk to you today. Yes, I'm I'm such a huge fan. Yeah, I'm a really big, big fan of yours. Your music has Thank like really you. just it lifts me up. It really does. Affirmations are a really big thing for me. I have them like written on my mirror. So beautiful. <laughs> but yeah, so um, I have some questions here for you. Um, if that's okay, we can just get right into it yeah. with you. Okay. So first, I um, I'm curious how your spiritual journey and um awakening kind of began. Like, what was the, like, if there was, like, an aha moment for you or just the beginning of your journey in general? How The Um, short version. (laughs) Yeah. My spiritual awakening, wow, it's so many different times that it's happened. Yes. I've had multiple awakenings. (laughs) Um, I will have to say it started, I guess it started with, I mean, years ago, but it started with curiosity, just wanting to understand life, understand who I was. I was just asking very deep questions mm-hmm. at a very young age. And so I've always had an insati- insatiable curiosity for the unknown. So for mm-hmm. me, it always started with curiosity, which led me from, you know, step to step, path to path, encounter to encounter, information to information teacher Mm -hmm. to teacher I've always just been evolving it's like I never stopped going to school you know what I'm saying you know how it's like after 12th grade it's college after college it's the workforce for me it was just like it just went 12th grade to 13th grade 14th grade 15th (laughs) yes and so for me my awakening has been a just a journey Right. You know, yes. but I've had different points in, in that journey where, you know, I guess it was like a death and rebirth type of experience, which is like a, a, a aggressively felt awakening, if you will. But I think mm-hmm. awakening is like a journey because we've been asleep for so long. You know, right. we're not just awakening to ourselves. We're awakening to life to existence we're awakening our bloodline we're awakening our generation so for me it's an ongoing process but I think the pinnacle moments of where it's more of aggressively felt awakening is when you have to die to what you thought was who you thought you were and have to rebirth to a whole new way of thinking and feeling and embodying yeah, absolutely. Yes. I actually have another question here that is about like what was the toughest, you know, type of awakening or stage of, of the journey that has really like been like very impactful, but was also a really like like you said, like one of those rougher awakenings that, that kind of forced you to have a like a whole new perspective than you thought you know you were gonna have at one point. I think when you think that you know everything. You know, and you think that you've gotten to a certain place in your healing journey and then life or relationship or situation shows you that 
you don't know it all. Mm-hmm. You yes. know, you didn't get it all and that you can never get it all. Yes, that is it. But you can yes. never get it wrong either. It's like you can never get it wrong. You can never get it right. It just is. Yeah. So um, because if you know that you're on a journey, then there's no destination. You're just right. walking. You're just going through the path. You're constantly and that, evolving. Yeah, the destination is the present moment. <laughs> yes. Yes, being here now. Being and, here yeah. now. So I think for me is the disruption in the awakening the disruption of the awakening process for me has has been all it's been painful ones because I've had tendencies of being stubborn because <laughs> you know yeah you want to think that you're doing it right you want to think that you're doing a good job you yeah, know you have it figured you, out. that you mm-hmm. have it figured out the ego propels yes. you into wanting that and desiring that so it can feel safe. So you can feel safe and secure because it's, you know, the nervous system and the ego has gone through so much right. to not Death feel and safe. And yes. yes. So ultimately it's about, um, for me, it's just been painful when I have to realize, like, I have to die again mm-hmm. and rebirth again and release and create yes. again, you know. So those are the yeah. most painful experiences when you get to see your shadow and how much of a grip it's had on you for so long. Absolutely. You may not know how long. It's super you may, you, you don't, yeah. yeah, you don't know how, you don't know if it'll go away or not, but you have to do your best to create. To integrate. Your, yeah, right. to integrate and create what you want to see about yourself, you know? Yes, yes. And and working with every part of yourself and not really like judging or, you know, denying any of those parts mm-hmm. is has been really paramount for, for my process as well. Because mm-hmm. yeah, when I was, you know, a teenager and I was so curious too, like my whole life I always had questions and um, you know, no one ever had any answers for me because I was, you know, raised Catholic, went to Catholic school, all of that. So I um, wasn't supposed to ask all those questions, but I did. And since no one had any answers, I went into, you know, substances and stuff like LSD and all that to find find the answers. But I was so young that it, it wasn't I wasn't ready for all of that. So it was it was very intense. And I'm still working through a lot of that stuff. But um, I think that everything happens in divine timing and as it's meant to. And I think we all are on our own journey, but collectively, like, we're all helping each other with our, uh, with our experiences by, you know, um, exchanging um, information and our journeys mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so one I think I was really excited to ask you about was what your inspiration was for, like, the, you know, affirmation music. Like, where was that? You know, how did you come up with it? Um, the inspiration for affirmation music came from, well, I was a life coach for six years and, you know, I wanted to create something that helped my clients. And so when I went into meditation and prayer about it, I got a download for affirmation music. Mm -hmm. And so when I created the album, it was particularly just for my clients and for me to have, get more clients. Mm Mm-hmm. So I had no intentions of like becoming a musician. It was just more so I wanted to create a wellness tool to help women believe more that they can integrate their well-being into their high active lives. Mm -hmm. And so that's essentially where it it came from. 
Um, but what led me there was, you know, life coaching for six years and seeing how much, um, the message was having a, 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 the message of what I was doing and how it was showing up was Mm -hmm. successful in promoting the message, but not where it translates to women embodying the message it was just like they became a fan of what I was doing. They became a fan of my messaging, but right. they didn't take it in to where they're and apply it. Like, and I feel like I wanted something that really landed for women to where they like, man, I have to work with Tony, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to do something that I made money in my sleep. Like I wanted to see what, mm-hmm. you know, mental health through music could do for my oh, clients. Yeah. You know, and end up being a whole career that started for me that where I'm not even life coaching anymore. I mean, I am life coaching. I'm just doing it through music. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Yes. And music and and sound healing is is so big, like in general, because, you know, the vibrations and everything like that is so powerful. And, And when you add the affirmations to it, I think it just like kind of opens a whole new world for mm-hmm. integrating that into your daily practice and like even just listening and meditating to one song can like change the whole course of your day mm-hmm. you know um especially waking up and listening to that kind of you know inspirational and um uplifting words it's just mm-hmm. it's it makes a difference it really does mm-hmm. um let's see what else we have here mm-hmm. So how do you feel we can, as women, um, band together and, like, empower each other more um, on, like, a more collective, like, global level level almost? Um, Like, is there any kind of input you'd have on, like, a better way for us to kind of, you know, work with each other instead of, like, competing like we've been conditioned to do? I think if I was to give my opinion, mm-hmm. I have probably several answers, <laughs> but I think that women who are in power, women who are in, yeah, women who are in power have an interesting responsibility. hmm and I think that <clears throat> if I, this is completely my opinion, I'm not saying yeah. that this is universal fact right. or Bible for everybody, but right. I, I think that. women in power have a unique responsibility to tap into the tastemakers and cultural influencers and impactors. They need to tap into those women mm-hmm. and fuel them with as much res- with re- as much resources mentorship, access, mm-hmm. um, finance funding. Right. Um, and I'm not just te- talking about pop. I'm not talking about powerful women tapping into popular women. I'm talking about women who really have a finger on the climate and womanhood. Mm-hmm. Those women need to be supported. Right. Because these are the women that are going to be able to influence, impact and heal and nurture and empower the masses of women. And I think once the powerful women connect with the women who are um, 
purpose driven and people driven, they can do their part and not be so honed in on profit, you know, and popularity to get their message across. So I think that's a way for women to come together by the women who are in power. Yes. To who have the heart for the people, not right. just power, greed, you know, women. I'm yeah. talking about women who have power and resources and access and privilege. Use that to fuel and fund and advocate and grow the next generation of you know, female leadership. And I think the right. next era of female leadership will be in wellness, you know, will be tech as well and innovation and entrepreneurship. But because of everything that's going on in the human family, you mm-hmm. know, it has to go through the portal of well-being. So oh, I yeah. think whoever those women are in the well-being space, we need the powerful women to say, okay, where do I write the check? Right. What type of mentorship do you need? What right. type of uh, resources and you know what I'm saying? What yeah. type of community do you need to be supported? Because for it's sure. so much, it's such a high demand for mental health and healing right now. Right. So I think that that's a, that's that's my opinion. I mean, I have other opinions, but the core of it, I think, that's missing in women's in the woman in the community of womanhood is the women that are in power. You know. Mm-hmm. And I think what's missing with the women in power is the women who are on the ground doing the work, reaching the people where they're at, you know, and I think we need to come together, you know, like some type of summit, you know, where the powerful and the purposeful come together to create for the people, you know. Absolutely. That does. That sounds that's so inspiring. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds really awesome. And I, I really believe it's possible. It's just mm-hmm. it's a matter of just like, you know, getting those connections and making those, you know, making those connections and reaching out and all of that um, and getting over that, like, ego based fear and, stuff, you know, stuff like that, because like that can that can definitely play a role um, when it comes to reaching out to like even just like reaching out to you I had like no like you know like that part of me that was like no but like I think that it's important to you know not push your boundaries not you know what I mean like not push your boundaries in a way that it's going to like affect you negatively but pushing yourself to be you know greater and more effective and cause more you know change for the better um Mm -hmm. on a more impactful scale um even if you feel like imposter syndrome or whatever, whatever the case is, being able to work through it, like, and even do it with that feeling, because mm-hmm. um, we all feel that way sometimes. So, mm-hmm. um, so I also wanted to ask you about um, what it's like, like, what is, you know how there's like that niche culture in social media? Is there any like intake you have on how I can't to- hear you? You can't hear me? Can you hear me now? I don't know what just happened. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now or no? Do you want to hear? Let me see. Hmm. 
Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, okay. I was gonna say we could re we could re um load it, but okay. <laughs> I was okay. like, it's do you get do you get do you get to keep the pre record the other recording though? Yeah, but if you can hear me now, it's not a big deal. I mean, okay. as long as the audio is there, um, it's really not that big of a deal. Okay. How it looked. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. So. I wanted to ask you about like deconstruction, deconstruction of the the niche culture within, um, you know, social media, because personally, I feel like that kind of puts people in a box um, and does it really allow them to like reach their full potential if they're I mean, obviously, like people have some people have very like strong passions and talents toward one thing. For me, though, I have so many different interests and, you know, um, passions. So it's like I don't really fit into any one category. Like I'm an artist. I'm a Reiki master. I'm, you know, a, a medium. I'm, um, and I'm also like a coach of sorts. So like I have all these different, you know what I mean, things that I enjoy doing. So and I feel a lot of people feel like that. So what would you say about like the deconstruction of the niche culture within social media? And what do you mean by that? Like, if you're like an influencer in makeup, you can't be a, you can't right. do Right. Yeah. Like, some people or... feel like, yes, they can't okay. do two things on the same account. You have to make a new account and all that kind of um, stuff. Um, <laughs> that's an interesting thought. I never think about things like that because I've never even had a thought about that because I just, I've always tried to just be myself. Right. That's how I feel. Being a human being, being a human being is very complex. Mm -hmm. Right. Trying to fit in. So what I think about the decon. So you're talking about looks like the dismantling, deconstruction of that. Well, I think that I think as we heal more, we become. How can you say more complex? Actually, right. More, more you heal, the more. You give yourself that self permission or that personal permission yeah. to embrace your multi dimensional self. And when I say multi dimensional, oh, meaning yes. that you you have memory, so you know your past self. You're in the mm-hmm. present moment, so you're aware of your present self. You have desire, vision, and goals, so you're you're aware of who you want to be. So you're aware of your future self. So you have this right. multi dimensional range. It's full of emotions, full of thoughts, full of experiences and mm-hmm. relationships and communities. So it's like when you heal, you get to explore that expansiveness of who you are. And so how you show up and what you create can look like a variety of things. You mm-hmm. know, if you go to my social media or you participate in my life, my podcast and events, you or you're in my membership group, you will see a range of Tony Jones that right. I can be wretched. I can be hood. I can be sophisticated. I can be spiritual. I can mm-hmm. be contradicting. I can disagree with myself. I can agree with myself. I can yes. say offensive things. I can yes. say things that resonate with you. But that's human. Yeah, exactly. Humanity. Like I know a lot of people are not a fans of Kanye, you know, and his antics, but I'm not a fan of Kanye just because he's a brilliant musician. I'm a fan of him because of his humanity, because being real. a human, because it being a human is a crazy ass experience. Yeah. It is wild. Yeah. And Kanye is one of the ones who unapologetically puts himself out there. Mm-hmm. Just like how kids, I mean, think about how kids act. 
Right. They, yeah. They want that. If they want that ice cream, they're gonna fall on the floor and go nuts. So, <laughs> if they think you're fat, they're gonna say you're fat. You're ugly. <laughs> you know, because kids don't have that conscientiousness of c- considering how you feel. You right. know, but we lose that over time, and we get over. We go into overdrive of thinking about how the world and how people feel. So we lose that sense of self. A yeah. sense of our personal truth. And so when it comes to deconstructing in that niche or being able to make yourself palatable and cutely branded for a certain type of thing or specialty or industry, you lose sight of who you are, your mm-hmm. own humanity, because there's no way you can actually fit who you are into a box right. because you're too much big of a deal. You're too right. vast. You're too complex. But it's yes. up to us to lose that to gain our soul and which is a vast expansive infinite being you know mm-hmm. absolutely and doing the that work with you know your inner child and with those other aspects Shadow of work, yeah. yes. that's the you, way yeah that's the way though literally that is the way and I, I bring up the, I bring up this artist's name again Kanye West He's a perfect example of that. There is a level of madness that happens, but you find the sanity in the madness. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm yes. saying? Because you yes. embrace the shadows, you embrace the ch- the inner childhood work. You're aware of that. And once you're aware of that and you're right. not trying to fix it. Yes. Yep. There's some of that stuff will come out and you can be easily labeled crazy. You can easily be judged. You, but when you embrace yourself, when doesn't you matter. accept yourself, it doesn't matter. And then that's what, what throws everybody off because it's like, yeah. you don't care like we care. Why? We, why? And yeah. it's like, that's what real freedom looks like. Mm-hmm. It's Absolutely. being able to look. And I'm not saying that he's the 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 absolute top example of what well, freedom yeah. looks like. But I'm just saying like a lot of people like Bob Marley, Mm-hmm. John Lennon, a lot of people who really embrace radical freedom, Nina Simone, Frida Kalau, Van Gogh, like these people had mm-hmm. that element of society being countercultural. Society had a right. disenchantment with them and they were all creatives and all, made all geniuses and all made history. So it's like at the end of the day, freedom, I believe, requires that path of just not fitting in. Yes, you're and, all you're yeah. all over the place. So go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was gonna say. I mean, and not giving a fuck at one point. Like obviously yes. caring about yourself and and all of like you know at, at the end of the day. But there's an aspect of like not giving a fuck what people have to say about what you have to say. And that's mm-hmm. where I feel Kanye is a great example. And that's not a that's really not a bad thing. You're living your truth, and that's mm-hmm. you know when you're living your truth, your most authentic self. You're living in your highest self. Yeah. And the thing about it is, is that my 2020 truth may be different from my 2022 truth because yes. I'm always evolving. Yep. I'm changing. I'm embracing. I'm reflecting. So it's like it's things that I may have said on social media five years ago. It's like, oh, man, that's not. Hmm, yeah. yeah, that's not me anymore. Like, that's right. not my truth anymore. So it's like as Kanye, as a Van Gogh, as John, as different people say certain things, it's like, we take it too seriously. And it's like, that's their truth right now. But they may reflect on that and say, you know what, that's not 
actually my highest right. truth. That's right. why we shouldn't get so attached to our present truth. It's like, this is what my truth is now, but I'm open to for it to evolve and Evolving, expand yeah. in ways where I can learn and grow, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, that's why, like, I feel it's important for us to be willing and open to that, you know, self um, evolution and, and self introspection and like really being able to, to look at those um, and ask those questions and look at those aspects that most people they aren't willing to take the time out to, to work with because it's just like a, such a go, go, go life. And, you know, once you do get um, in that one, in one of those niches and you become famous or successful with that one thing, you, you kind of identify with it and then you don't feel you need to do that other work because you feel you've success, you know, in our conditioned mind, we feel we're successful within that if we have this many, you know, followers or sponsors or, you know, whatever. So it's definitely like, that's another thing I was um, looking forward to asking about is how you, um, like, what are some of the most important steps that you took to break free of the hustle matrix? (laughs) You know what? I never loved it. Well, yeah, I never, I never, I never felt like it was the go-to. I, I I remember feeling like, man, this is it. This is how you win. <laughs> and so right. I just never felt like it resonated with me. Mm-hmm. I felt like I only connected with it because I I I I I, I like the outcome of it. Right. But right. I did not like the module, the 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 philosophy of it. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, you have to sacrifice sleep. <laughs> yeah, you have, you have to burn out. You have to burn out. You have to lose your mental health. You have to be spiritually malnourished. You have right. to miss out on living in relationships to yeah. win so you can actually be there for those experiences. So so I have to sacrifice mm-hmm. all of that to win power, wealth, mm-hmm. influence. So I can gain all that what I lost. No, what I already so have. For, yeah, that I already had. So for me, it was just kind of like I always had a disenchantment around it. So yes. it was like once life forced me to trailblaze this mentality, this thought that I've always had around mm-hmm. the toxic work culture. <laughs> it was that that was when I leaned into rest. That's when yeah. I leaned in getting rid of 80% of my, you know, living expenses. Mm-hmm. And I sat down and depended on family and friends to take care of me. I mean, there was times where I had to have my friends pay my bills, my parents pay my bills because mm-hmm. I needed a break. Yeah. And then that gave me the evidence that I can depend on people. I can depend on loved ones Mm -hmm. to show up for me because I opened my mouth and asked. Right. Being willing to ask for help. Ask for help. And so for me, I think that working culture is toxic because it makes you go into independence overdrive when human beings are never, we're never, we not, we are not even, our brains, our bodies, our blood, our heart, our lungs, our legs, our toes, our teeth, then none of, none of our existence is designed to be solely independent. Yeah. It's all interdependent. It's all communal. It's all village. They're all supposed yeah. to be working together for one thing, for that's the health, health and wellness 
and survival yeah. and thriving of oneself and of a community. So I feel like at the end of the day, my 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 uh, relationship with it was always a disenchantment with it because I was just like, this is not something about this don't seem right. Like and I know here. it gets results, but I know this can't be the only way. I've always right. had that thought. Yes. But I never saw another option until life forced me to walk in my truth. And now that I see it's like a lot of people think like this. A lot mm-hmm. of people have this thought. And until I dropped into that truth, I got to see the fruits, not of my labor, but the fruits of my rest, the fruits mm-hmm. of my trust, the fruits of my letting go and surrendering. And so mm-hmm. I got the same results of I got the same results of someone who labored for it, but my wellness wasn't compromised. My right. well-being wasn't compromised. Me missing birthdays wasn't compromised. Me missing living wasn't compromised. I was able to do them both, you know, mm-hmm. in an integrative, prioritizing type of a way, you know. So, yes. and I, of course, I have seasons where I'm working more than not, but at the mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I'm not burning myself out for nothing. Yes, absolutely. I'm I'm with you because it's I was um, doing, you know, live streams and readings and stuff every day for a long time. And I just recently, you know, took a weekend off because I was like self-care. And then this last week really kicked me in the ass. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to take some time off from myself. Like, I need a break. <laughs> mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, I, I enjoy it. But it's like, there's a point where, you, like you said, there's seasons and there's, um there's a time for everything. And um, right now, I feel it's like a, definitely been a big, like, feel like there's a big collective kind of transformation and almost like a purging happening for yes, a, lot, it is. a lot of it us is. right now. Mm-hmm. So it is, it's, yeah, it's, and it's, it's a sad time for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a uh, lot of people are losing loved ones too. I was um, just about, I, you literally took the words <laughs> out of my mouth. Yeah. That's crazy. There's a lot of debt, but when you think about, man, it's so, I don't want to sound morbid or insensitive when I say this, but when you think about change and when you think about freedom, we think about evolution, it always requires sacrifice, mm-hmm. like a life sacrifice. And so I can't say that what I'm saying is fact in the absolute universal truth, but I've noticed a pattern is that death is involved in those rebirthing of something new, you know, and it's unfortunate, but that is life. That's that that type of process, that, that intelligent, that paradigm of that intelligence of, of the new and manifesting the new, that's part of the blueprint is the old, the dying of, oh, has to go. So it, it may look differently, Mm-hmm. It makes sure, you know what I'm saying? Like humanity yes. needs to understand we can't eat the same way. We can't think of money the same way. Right. We can't do work and family the same way. It's not sustainable. And if you try and continue to do that, yes, it's going to show up as cancer. Yes, it's going to right. show up as a cry. It's going like life is going to the universe and life and the earth is going to evolve with or without you. So yeah, absolutely. It's just, it's just one of those things that I just. You know, I pray for people who are, you know, have loved ones that are transitioning early or suddenly and tragically. It's not that's not a light experience. Those cut deep. Yeah. You know, 
Yeah, my it grandma cut very suddenly about a month ago, but it, and it did. It, it was it was sudden, but she was going through you know COPD and um, she wasn't breathing right. And they feel like the doctors like ignored something like on her scan, but that's another, that's just beside the point. But, another, yeah. but the day that she passed, it was like a couple days before my grandfather had passed, or I mean, my, before my grandfather's birthday and Valentine's Day. So his birthday is February 13th. And he passed about almost two years ago now, probably about two years ago, because my he was he passed right before my son was born, which is mm. interesting aspect of what you were just saying. Um, and yeah, but you know, I know that she's with him and like, she's okay. You know, she's not dealing with the, you know, the loneliness and the breathing machine and all of that anymore. So I was, I cried and I was upset, but I, I know that she's always with me, you know, like I, I know she's going to be a part of, she is a part of my ancestor team now, you know, and, and all yeah, of that. Yeah. So it's really tough with death because if you don't fully understand that, you know, even though they're not here physically and it, it does suck. And there's no, I'm not like trying to minimize at all. Um, but it's important to, you know, have that faith and that understanding that when you, you know, think of them, they're with you and mm-hmm. to you know, remember the good days. And, and it's okay to have that grief and feel that and move through that. Um, but like one of my best friends, um, her birthday is coming up on Saturday. And like she came through uh, maybe a year, a year or so ago when I was just starting to really get, um, into like making her altars and stuff like that people's altars and stuff she was like don't miss me just love me and then a few days later on a podcast I was listening to they were talking about how you know when you lose a loved one they it's easier for them to come to you when you're in a place of like love and gratitude and remembering the good things like a higher vibrational state than like being sad and and you know always just every time you think of them it's like you know really like depressing and i'm not saying not to feel those emotions but it doesn't always have to be those emotions you can also celebrate their life in a happy way too and that'll make it easier for them to you know send you a sign or whatever you know Mm -hmm. so there's there's a lot about it that is it's a lot to deal with and like you said it does it's it's something that everyone has to process differently, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, let me see what else we have. Actually, um, speaking of ancestors, um, how have you deconstructed lack within um, the ancestral healing of like, if, I mean, how have you deconstructed that, like the idea of lack within like your mentality and just, in general, if there is like any kind of healing to be done around that ancestrally, because I know there what, is. What do you What do you mean, like? So like the lack mentality of you know not having enough. Like how have you? Oh, kind okay. Of, yeah. How have you kind um, of like worked with that? Well, I first realized that's it's not my fault. You know, the scarcity consciousness is <clears throat> not my fault. And then there's always room to learn and do better. And so, but it's also like, as much as I know it's not my fault, it's also taking responsibility and taking accountability to create the change that I want to see in my yeah. abundant mindset. You know, so it's reading, you know, yeah. it's just, it's just like, if you wanted, if you wanted to operate Facebook on your phone and not just on your computer, you download that app on your phone so you can actually interact with that effectively, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, if you want if you if you want abundance in love or abundance in finances or abundance in friendships, you download that app. 
And the way you download that app is giving yourself new information about friendships, new information about food. You met it. I mean, not food, but new. Yeah, it can be about food. New information about sex. You updating your your computer. Yeah. Your vibrational computer of thinking and feeling and embodying and living and speaking. So at the end of the day, it's about what type of what type of work do you want to put in to create yourself? Right. right. You know what, what I'm saying? Of, like, what kind of so, information? Yeah. Yes. Like, what do you deserve? Do you deserve to just go on this healing 50 year journey of like, oh, I'm scarcity conscious. I have all these wounds around lack. Or do you want to speak what you truly deserve to feel about yourself and see and think about yourself when it comes to abundance? Because our ancestors have dealt with scarcity. They survived the right. best way they could, but you're supposed to be the updated version of them. They're right. the iPhone 5, and thank mm-hmm. God for the iPhone 5 because then it wouldn't be an iPhone 6. You know what I'm saying? Right. So at the Absolutely. end of the day, you want to be grateful for their version of humanity, but you are the updated version. So we we should not be con- continuing the old version, the old fashioned version of finances, money, yeah. sex, love, relationships, education, communication. We should be an updated version, creating something new for the next generation so they can update right. humanity in those ways. So that's what I, when I think about the deconstruction, it's not just about the taking away. It's about mm-hmm. the updating or adding on the new information, the new thing that you want to see. Um, yeah, yeah, so that's that's my perspective on that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's it's like a lot of the systems just have not evolved with time like other things have, um, I feel, with like, you know, finances and stuff like that. And it's up to us to kind of break those cycles and in order for the new to be built, some of the things like um, like the older systems have to kind of be transformed i don't even want to say like torn down or anything necessarily but transforming those systems into the updated versions so that's that makes a lot of sense i love that analogy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> all right um so let's see how oh, how did you find the inspiration for worth ethic that is like one of my favorite all-time songs <laughs> Yeah, worth ethic came from, like, again, deconstructing the hustle mentality, hustle culture out of me. You know, it was like once I realized that, you know, specifically black women, melanated women have been working and producing and laboring for pennies for like for a long time, especially here in America. Like Mm -hmm. our worth was defined by um, our productivity. And when I started to see like some years ago, black girl magic hashtag going around, it was only associated with what we were doing, not who we were being. And so it was like you're sacrificing your hydration, you're sacrificing your well-being, you're sacrificing your desires for intimacy and romance and healthy partnership for the sake of a Forbes article or getting six Mm -hmm. figures in six months or being the top entrepreneur or hustling hard, or being a boss bitch, and I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, women don't know their worth outside of doing. Yeah. And it just wasn't women, it was, it, it's not just women, it was me. 
You know, he was like, oh, this is something that we've all been plagued and victim by, you know, and we've all opted into. And so for me, I was like, what would it look like for me to define my worth by my beingness while I'm doing? Like if I'm going to run my candle business and I'm going to email four hours a day or eight hours a day, what is it look? What is my being, my state of being look like? Are my mm-hmm. shoulders relaxed? Am I intense? Mm-hmm. Am I rushing? Am I yelling? Do I feel stressed? Like, what's my internal world? Is it is my internal world being defined by my need for validation of my worth, or is my mm-hmm. internal world behind me working being validated by my own self worth? Right. You know what I'm saying? So worth ethic had everything to do with a paradigm shift or what's going on behind the scenes internally while I'm doing. It's not taking away the doing. It's not taking away the working. It's not taking away the the productivity. It's about like what's happening. How are you feeling? What are you thinking about? What are you meditating on while you're doing the work? Because it's not about what you're doing it's about how you're doing i could put yeah. in the same 10 hours a day of work and still be good at the end of the day because of the way i how i did it yeah you know? so it's, it's you know did i take 15 minute breaks here and there to breathe right. go outside grind myself did i play music and traffic you know to call me like you see what i'm right. saying so you can go about a busy day a high active day in a day and still be in ease and flow and well-being so that's where worth ethic it was like I'm worthy of my being and my doing being in in concert together to be in align with my well-being right actually that's funny because the other question that I was looking at was about like living in alignment and what that means to you um and that sounds about right I mean living in like do like being able to take those breaks without judging yourselves or, you know, um, do when you're doing something, are you doing it like happily? Are you, do you like have some sort of reservation or, you know, stuff like that? Like looking at how you, like, are you, are you doing something that makes you happy? Or are you just doing it because you feel you, you don't have a choice, like with going, you know, people who have jobs that they don't enjoy. I'm not saying go quote your job at all, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's, you know, looking at your life and seeing what aspects that, that, you know, you are enjoying and things that maybe you can transform into something that you do enjoy, but not pushing yourself so hard that you burn out every day. Mm -hmm. Because it is possible to have the best of both worlds. It's finding that harmony and that balance of having like the the internal and the external kind of meet halfway, Mm -hmm. I feel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, alignment is all about feeling. You know, mm-hmm. feeling is the sacred frequency, you know, it's a very mm-hmm. sacred frequency. And so when you are aware of that, you have to understand frequency, you know, mm-hmm. and the higher feeling, the higher frequency is the higher feeling, right. you know. And so it's like, what, what is the habit? What are the intentions? What are the practices that support that higher vibration of being in alignment with yourself and yourself, your natural state is love. Your mm-hmm. natural state is peace. Purity. And so when you're out of that, and it's not, it's not to be in denial of a situation. It's 
because being a human in spirit again it's it's a it's a complex thing because mm-hmm. you can be a human and feel human emotions that are not on a high frequency but if you're in grief if you're in um fear if you're in doubt or if you're in insecurity or whatever it's mm-hmm. like you can still ask yourself like how do i want to feel today how do right. i support me feeling this way what are the actions to support and cultivate this feeling today? It's like it's it's about not rushing out of your truth of how you feel. It's about how do I get closer to the desired feeling, you know, mm-hmm. and so work that through is, whatever and work I'm feeling through right that. now. That's yeah. alignment because you're al- you're in alignment with your 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 true essence, which your is truth, the intention right. to be well. Right. Right. That's that. That's well said. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, there was another one I just saw. Oh, yes. Yeah. So what is the like, what have you found to be the most effective or favorite um, manifestation like tool or like just ways that you like to manifest in general that you found very like. Effective? Um, you know what? Honestly, I have found. I would have to say that I haven't manifested anything in a long time that I really, really wanted super, 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 super bad. Like I really like was attached to it. Right. I've manifested right. things. I've in the past couple of years, I've manifested things and experiences and people that I knew that I desired and I wanted, but I wasn't attached to it. It was just like this has to happen. Yes. I was like, this has to happen. I know it's I already need this. Happened. I want <laughs> this. I don't know when. But yeah, the thing right. that I have a real grip on, that has been the funnest to yes. manifest. But I really enjoy manifesting things that I strongly desire, but I'm not strongly attached to. You that know? is the truth. Which I, I don't... I, I don't know how to feel about it. It's kind of annoying to me because I want the mm-hmm. things I want the things that I'm really attached to as well. Right, like, right. Um, but I have found it to be so much more feel. It feels better. It feels good. It feels fun. It feels magical to manifest something yeah. that you forgot about that you yeah. wanted to manifest. And it's just Girl. like, whoa. I know I asked you that three months ago, four months ago, but it seemed like it came so quick. Like, mm-hmm, you know, like, I asked for that four years ago and it's here and it's like, I didn't even try to get it. I right. Just asked for it, you know, so. Yes. I, I've talked about this on my lives and stuff too before, like, because when I found out what Reiki was, I was like, like, I was just getting sober and, and into recovery and um, I wanted to do it. I wanted to go to a session, but I just never ended up doing it until like, Finally, you know, I had my son and I got my Reiki master, but it was like I bought the book and within a couple months, like I, I was going to get it like an online class and everything because it was during COVID. And I met my Reiki master through a girl in my group um, at, at like that. We were like doing groups on the phone at that point. And my counselor, who I was just talking to about this, all of this the day before. How like I want I'm trying to be a become a Reiki master. And she's like, you're not trying, you're doing that changed my whole perspective, mm-hmm. her saying mm-hmm. that. And then, like, the next day, she asked um, in group how people meditate, and 
um, after me, another girl was like, I do Reiki. And so we connected and it was, I just knew, you know, I just knew that someday I was going to learn Reiki and become a Reiki master. And, and like, she introduced me to, you know, her master and, um, my, the, you know, my master now she came over, um, and within a year, you know, she had me, um, attuned to like the level three and like, all she wanted was like a painting. She didn't even really like want me to pay her. And so it really worked out. So like you said, like very magically <laughs> and like mm -hmm. almost like kind of just fell into my lap because I, I didn't have an attachment to like how I just knew that it was going to be. And it, then it was, and, and I talk about how, like when it's like, you know, energy works, it has to come full circle. So if you're like, kind of like, oh, I want this car, but you're like, three weeks go by, and you don't have it yet. And you're like, oh, where's that car? It's like, you're pulling that energy back without it being manifested yet. Mm -hmm. And so like, you have to really like set it and forget it. And it's not an easy thing to do. Mm -hmm. And another thing I, I learned about desire um, is, is like the emotional scale that of like all of the different feelings desire is like right above fear and it's like the first like good one but it's still like right in the middle because you're telling universe you don't have it by saying I want it and so it's it's very that frequency and it's that vibration like that vibrational state of like knowing that it's already happened you just don't know how or when but you know <laughs> it's happened in some somewhere in the future <laughs> yeah 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 and so I think that that makes all of the sense <laughs> that, that's absolutely um, so let's see, I have a few more questions here. Um, <clears throat> so this is a question I like to ask um, that I actually found um, on Dolores Cannon's Facebook, which I don't know if you follow her. She's um, she's she's interesting. She's pretty smart. I like some of the stuff she has to say. And um, it said, so if you had all, you know, 8 billion or however many people there are on this planet, if you had all of their attention for like one or two minutes, what kind of concept would you teach or tell them? Or, you know, what would you want to say to them if you had everybody's attention for a minute or two? <laughs> one thing? Well, yeah, I mean, a concept, whatever, whatever you would say. I would honestly probably say... It's two things. If I had the human family's attention, it's two. I have to do two things. No, you're good. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> if I had the intention of the whole human family, I will first say, have all the fun you can have in life. Do whatever that brings the most fun, the most play, the most sensation of feeling alive mm -hmm. you can. And lead each day with that. With yeah. that curiosity, how can I have fun today? How can I enjoy my life today? Mm -hmm. What will make me feel alive during the mundane? Mm -hmm. That would be number one. And number two, I would say everybody needs to love on melanated people. African-American, they're Black. Everybody needs to use whatever privilege, whatever resource, whatever empathy that you have. Invest, support share, like. Mm -hmm. I don't like to say that the human family owes us, but mm. I don't Kinda like do. to lean in that. But, you know, historically, metaphysically, we, we, we play, <laughs> our, the, you know, melanated people play a maternal and paternal 
parental role in the in on a vibrational level to this Absolutely. human experience. And the way that we have been uh, uh, oppressed, mm-hmm. not just systemically, but energetically oh, yes. and academically, like education wise, the, just the knowledge, the lack of knowledge that we have about who we really are to this human experience to make mm-hmm. us think that it's based on skin color, which is mm-hmm. not true at all. It's not no. based on skin color at all. It's deeper than that. I just I think, was thinking that. Oh. I think I think that the human that that I would tell the human family, do whatever you can that's in your resource and energetic capacity to invest, support, and love on melanated people, especially if you live in the continent of Africa, and especially if you live in America. Yes, and have the ability and the resources to do something. To do something. If it's, if it's sharing on Instagram. Right. If it's sending somebody $5 to just have some tea on them. Like, whatever right. the case may be. If it's saying, I see you, I hear you. If it's just backing down mm-hmm. from an argument about racial issue. Whatever the case may I I just, just I want the space. human family to hold space. Because... Mm-hmm. No one could fathom no. what we are going through, what we have been through. And been I do not through. and I yeah. I have I have raised my consciousness past my racial consciousness. Mm-hmm. I've expanded it to universal consciousness and love consciousness, but I'm still very aware of what's going on Absolutely. with my people. You see what I'm saying? And what what has been what has been happening and what is happening. Um, so those are the two things I would tell yeah. you the family, listen, have a blast. Don't take mm-hmm. none of this shit too seriously. <laughs> and secondly, your brothers and sisters who are melanated of African descent, black people, America, like yeah. support them. Love deserve, them. You guys deserve we need, it. We, we need it. We deserve it. And we want it. So, yes. You know, and so, so we, we need each other. And so I think whatever's healthy for, our people is healthy for the human family. So we need the love of everyone as much as possible. Um, yeah. we're, we're dealing with a lot. I mean, everybody is. Yeah. But I think because of the role we play to the human family, it's important for us to have the love of um, all races and nationalities and creeds. So those are the I things that, I would say. Yes, and that's beautiful and, and very well said. I think that that would affect so much change if that was to happen. When hopefully oh, when that happens, you I, know? I believe that is really the core co- re- reasoning behind racism and white supremacy. It's not to think of each other different colors and whatever. It's because if we come, if our, if if we are a healed people, yes, it spills over into the rest of the world right. because of the place, the, the place that we hold in this experience in the ancestral realm we we play a a, a huge Jeez. africa plays a huge key to the human experience and human existence and I mean, us not knowing who we are it serves an advantage to, to 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 other powers that be you know us not knowing who we are and thinking that we're just our race we're just our skin color no that's not where our pride lies in not on mm-hmm. an ancestral, spiritual, and metaphysical level. So I do believe, I mean, yes. think about it. 
whenever we come together on anything else or integrate ourselves in anything else, it becomes global culture, whether it's tennis, golf, music, entertainment, arts, whatever, tech, innovation. Like when we do it, it becomes global culture. Other cultures can do a lot of different things and their community thrives, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. spill over into global culture where people want. So it's like we have a certain type of influence and frequency and frequency that's like more parental, you know, Mm -hmm. to where whatever we do influences the rest of the world. So if we are healed and we get the support of the rest of our families and brothers and sisters to support us in our healing, girl, by white supremacy will be something of that will be a myth. Yeah. Future generations. People be thinking yes. that like it was dinosaurs. You know, like did that <laughs> yeah. exist? I don't know. Like, like how? Know. How? That's what I mm. yeah. It, yeah. And like that really like had me almost like I was like emotional there because I it that's one thing that like really like makes me it, it's upsetting because I wish that I could do more, but I know I'm doing all that I can and that's what matters. Oh yeah. Um but yeah, it's it's extremely important for us yeah. to see. It, like, I, I always tell people. I t- always tell people you 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 do the most when you do what you can. Mm-hmm. You know, if you do the, whoever you know in your personal community, you may not be able to reach the masses, but can you reach your your friend that follows you on Instagram? Can you mm-hmm. reach the, your 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 friend that that's in your personal community that's melanated? Like something mm-hmm. you can do something. Right. So whatever you can is the most that you can right. do, and that's yes. enough. That's more than enough. Right. And and I always say, too, like with with collective, like how we're all connected when when we do individual healing work, we are affecting change on a collective scale because when we all do it. Right. We all make it up. So it's it's kind of by default. We all have to if we're all doing the work, we're we're lifting the vibration by you're lifting the vibration. Yeah, that's where our power lies. Absolutely. Okay, so I have like three or four more questions here. Let me see. Um, do you have a little bit more time? I got like five more minutes. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Um, no, 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 you're good. Let me see. What's the one that I want to ask? I'll ask one more. Oh, this is a good one. Um, what are some of like the thoughts you have on the unrealistic expectations of women today? Like girl, just <laughs> <It's> a couple. <laughs> oh my God, my my perspective on the unrealistic expectations. Yes, I mean, I just wish, I just wish. <sighs> I was just explaining to my manager the other day, like it's if it, it it's baffling how women are expected or how normalized it is normalized it is to expect women to muscle through while they're on their cycle. I'm like, just imagine if anything was bleeding for days. one day. Yeah. Right, a whole day. Yeah. And having to still change diapers, still having to take calls, take emails, go to work, do grocery shopping, go get gas, make right. sure the husband is fed, you right. know, be on, on yes. social media, whatever the case may be. The way that we are, had, the way that even women, society, men, have normalized women to just muscle through while they're bleeding. Right. It's un. It's just un. It's baffling to me. How did right. we get away with this? 
that yeah because i feel like that about a lot of things and it's like the, even though you take medicine so you don't cramp or you don't feel what you know Right. It, it's like the at the end of the day, the womb is still going through a very stressful process. Uh-huh. So on top of that, you take the medicine to numb it, but then you continue to go about every day as though it's a normal day. Mm-hmm. It's not physically okay because that's how women end up with hormonal imbalances, which causes mm-hmm. fibroids, cancer, depression, all type of all things. So things. I, I think that the unrealistic expectations are skyrocketed. Because, and I think it has a lot to do with not only women, but men not really knowing what women really are. Like, what (sighs) we really are. Like, I talked about people not knowing what melanated people are to the human family, but it's like, what women are to the human family is, sometimes I don't even like to think about it because I get disgruntled because it's just like, we're not as cherished and nourished or reverent. Mm. revered mm-hmm. of the sacred beings that we that are we as are. the goddesses that yeah. we are the way that we have to muscle and campaign and champion our voice we shouldn't mm-hmm. have to no we shouldn't it shouldn't have to like it should be children men elders championing the woman of mm-hmm. of the day because the like i said we play a very we've forgotten who we are oh, we don't gosh. fully know who we are which is not completely our fault because it's been hidden. At the end of the day, women play a very sacred role and the world needs us more than anything, more than anything, because Mm -hmm. we're the ones that bring, like literally everything exists because a woman brought forth a child and because she allowed a man, man's biology to be produced through her. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So it's Uh like, of course, that's not how every person gets here. But, you know, some some situations are unfortunate. However, the thing about it is, is that the woman is the one that cultivates the life. The woman is the portal. She's the portal. And so Mm -hmm. I just feel like the expectations of us are the reason why we have so many diseases, so many over masculine, masculinated women. You know, and um, and so many depressed and lonely women. It's Mm -hmm. because the women have been forgotten. But I think, you know, on the brighter, lighter note, on a holier note, I think everyone is starting to remember. I think I think on a brighter and holier note, (laughs) I think the human family is being upgraded to remember and realize how sacred women are. I think it's. It's been a gradual process, you know. Mm-hmm. Women's empowerment has been evolving. We we're definitely at a new in a new era yes. of recognizing women. But I definitely think over the history of modern day history, the ex- unrealistic expectations have been extremely violent, mm-hmm. not only to women but just to the family, to social yes. structures, to business. It's been very violent. Mm -hmm. yeah it's been destructive and yeah it's it's not conducive at all no not at all it's the opposite (laughs) but exactly um but yeah it is I mean I think that that's why it's important that we are talking about all of this now we're aware of it and that's the first step into you know creating that change that needs to be made so I think that 
we are remembering for sure. But I'm so happy we got to talk. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Thank you thank for, you. for making this and sharing me with your audience. Thank you for being such a beautiful soul and being so inspiring for every woman alive. <laughs> yes, I really thank appreciate you. you. Thank you. I hope you have a great day. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. I am so excited that we got to do this and I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation and got some good information Um, and I'm excited that this podcast is getting a lot more um, in depth with some really important topics. So I hope that if you guys have any comments or questions or even ideas for different topics or even people that I can bring on, you're more than welcome to leave a message for me um, in my email or DMs or just a comment anywhere. So I love you guys so much and I hope you have an incredible day.